Welcome to Rice is Rice, a podcast about the British East Asian and Southeast Asian experience on all things Asian and not. I'm Akina. I'm Connor. And I'm Jem. And when I was growing up, my parents would always keep the plastic wrapping around all the remotes in our house or any new appliances. Kind of the plastic would stay on it. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a classic. (laughs) My grandparents did that. But they didn't... It's not a thing about keeping the plastic on the remote they would wrap the remote in like plastic cling film not cling it's like a no because not it doesn't stick onto it it's like a bag just like a really fitted plastic clear bag but they don't do that anymore i love it in philippines when they'd um do it with the sofas as well the sofa would be like fucking covered in plastic that's gross when it's sticky don't know yeah and it's humid and sticky and you just it's like... just really annoying because it starts to come off yeah yeah i just don't get i mean i get it like you want to protect your belongings but then it ends up looking really ratty when it doesn't yeah but to. that's just like part of the aesthetic yeah the, the <laughs> aesthetic is ratty that's so rude <laughs> It's part of the aesthetic. <laughs> but that's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. Today we're serving rice with a side of Asian femininity. Um, And before we start this episode, I just wanted to put out a little trigger warning. We will be talking about some issues within this podcast that may be upsetting um so please keep that in mind and listen on if you want to okay guys so the way i want to start off this podcast is ask you um what stereotypes on asian women have you heard of before shall i go first or even experience yeah yeah so i feel like you can kind of there's always two sides to the coin right um and the same thing goes for like how generally people seem to view Asians throughout history, at least in my mind, from what I read, from what I've noticed, from what I experienced. And it's always, you know, you're either the dragon lady or the Miss Saigon, Madame Butterfly, like like the, yeah, the lotus, lotus flower, flower type. Um, yeah, and both sides of the coin is always really shit and you feel that you feel that deeply growing up and i i think i definitely as a teenager felt that like um i was subconsciously putting myself in the box of like um that exotic little asian girl that like would be saved by like a white boyfriend you know um i hated mm-hmm. that i yes, had this 100%. track in my mind but you absorb these things right so um i was i i'm naturally quiet uh i'm introverted and so i very much fit into that box and people were putting me in that box and i was very mm-hmm. I, I was powerless to step out of it or at least i thought i was so yeah like quiet exotic mysterious all those fun stuff what about you what's the first thing you think about um yeah i think a subservience subservience stereotype yeah. is very popular mm-hmm. like yeah you know it's always on creepy old white guy message boards like get yourself an asian wife because they're like quiet and like they do loads of stuff and all that shit yeah um it's really gross mm-hmm. i think a whole yeah just like timidness and timidness. then also you can go to the other side it's like oh yeah well they're like hypersexual, 
prostitutes or something. Or like, yeah. yeah, like the other side is always like um, predatorial, like yeah. sexually predatorial or like mm-hmm. deviant. I don't know, that dragon lady that's mm-hmm. like out to get you. Mm-hmm. Or like sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah, sneaky. Sneaky is a good one. Yeah. I think it's interesting that both of you kind of pointed out the two different sides of of it but also it still links to sexuality often that there's a hyper-sexualized Asian woman but then there's also the submissive Asian woman which is always portrayed a lot in porn like I feel like all porn that has Asian women in it they're crying or like just I don't know really it, it feels so inhumane um and I was doing a bit of research in terms of why why is it that predominantly it's it's something sexual with asian women um and i read that it's really linked to Mm -hmm. u.s imperialism um and attitudes that kind of had come about then and and for example like um american soldiers who'd gone away to asia and gone to some like there's a there's a specific part of philippines that is known to be a, a u.s base but everyone there is like half filipino because um the women would kind of be like brought into they'd these be like comfort women to essentially be, yeah to be comfort women yeah um and i know that kind of thing also happened within yeah. like vietnam through the vietnamese war so it's there is a long history behind kind of soliciting sex workers and patronizing like industries that encouraged sex trafficking due to that period of time um and then because all of this was then kind of memorialized mm. in in media so old Hollywood films would portray Asian women as like um, the dragon lady or someone who was like very meek and quiet. And because that's kind of just been put in through the media from time to time, that's all people have assumed Asian women to be. And it's really, it's really troubling. Um, What you're saying really reminds me like quite broadly when you're talking about like feminist theory, they always say like you're either, um, you're either like Mary or you're Eve. You know, you're either, mm-hmm. uh, is that right? Yeah, you're either Eve, who's like broken the rules and like is this deviant lady. Um, who led Adam astray. Who led Adam astray. Or you're Mary and you're... The mother. You're like innocent and almost... Wholesome virgin. Yeah. White flower. You're yeah. wholesome. You are you listen to like the authority. Um, and I think that's really placed heavily on Asian women. I think it's placed heavily on women in general, but I feel like it's almost focused in on Asian women. You know, you're if you like sex too much, you're the you're the dragon lady. But like for I some reason, drag, I don't think dragon lady and like is the same thing as that. Dragon lady. Mm, I think it's linked. It's, I think it is. I think it's, yeah. it's linked because it's usually like the head of the brothel type yeah. thing in films and whatever. But it's not. The dragon lady is usually known for being just like, uh, like a like an evil like villainous. They're basically just like a female Fu Manchu. But don't you think the dragon lady? To me, whenever I see a dragon lady, it's more like she's using she's using her sexuality yeah. to manipulate. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, I think that's in terms of how I feel. It's I think linked. it's a big enough differentiation between that and then like, the general like like prostitute 
sex worker type stereotype mm-hmm. that is like its own thing. Though. My problem with the dragon lady in terms of sexualization is just the fact that like if you're a woman, if you're an Asian woman with agency over your own sexuality, like you know, if you enjoy it, if you look out for sex, mm. if you if you actively play a role within sex, then that's for some reason villainized in mm-hmm. these character tropes. Um and so when I talk about yeah, like the the Eve being like our kind of match up to the dragon lady. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Another female stereotype is also like I guess a tiger mom is an Asian female stereotype. I see it more as a tiger parent though. I don't think that's necessarily always linked to to specific gender. Oh, I think I've always heard it Asian as parents mom. are. I've only I yeah I think a, tiger mom is a more common phrase yeah. but I think people just think Asian parents in general are very like yeah, yeah I guess so yeah. but sorry I kind of took you away from your train of thought um but I think you're right I, I it made me think about films Kubrick films where they're they're looking at the Vietnam War and you know that that line me love you long time there's always the Asian prostitute that's like out to solicit money for these mm-hmm. GIs um and we. Yeah, I guess we forget like the the boom in the sex industry in these countries, Thailand, Vietnam, Philippines, is always through acts of war. To add to what you were saying, I was reading that like the first American soldiers that came to Philippines referred to the indigenous women as quote fucking machines. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, See, it's like it's madness to hear that because like whilst other races are judging asian women like stereotyping them as that within asia itself as well people are out to get these women if you're like overly sexualized and it's like it's anything for me in general like sex and women it angers me because the, the expectations are very different with men but then bringing in race into that as well is it just it kind of hurts and when i when i was like preparing for this episode and some of the stuff i was reading it kind of made me feel a bit sick because i to be quite honest like i wasn't really that aware Mm. about this and it kind of planning this episode upsettingly coincided with recent news with um the atlanta shooting because we decided this what like a week and a half ago that we were going to do an episode about asian femininity because we did one about asian masculinity and then last week the the shooting happened and that if i mean i doubt that any of you listeners wouldn't have heard but um basically last week a a white man in atlanta went into some asian beauty salons and shot women inside and Mm. uh, i believe it was was six women who passed away um all of asian descent seven it was eight people seven women six asian women Mm. okay yeah so um and the kind of after effects of that with the police stating that this guy was just having a bad day and this was due to his sex addiction and not anything to do with race and it's ridiculous first of all to say that because if you go into an asian beauty salon most likely the women in there who are working will be asian so this this was linked and i'd uh, them not taking like accountability for that is really disturbing um and then kind of reading into the fact that violence and sex is so interlinked uh, with being an asian woman 
Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it was, I don't know, I know how that made you feel, Akina, but it, like, it, it was, I think that attack made it feel, or this Asian hate thing feel even closer to home because it's like, you would never think anyone would go into a salon to shoot and it just makes me and anywhere it can happen i okay let's start from the the beginning here let's get into this subject um it was tuesday no i i'm I'm pretty sure it was wednesday morning you woke me up connor and you said to me that i you that i shouldn't look at the news for a while because i think i think you knew that i was kind of being really affected by all of the Asian hate crimes that we've been seeing. And I was trying to take a step back from my own mental clearness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We were speaking about it in the first episodes. I think it's really important to take a step back to look after yourself during these times. But for even now, like I'm finding it really difficult to process and it's everywhere on social media as it should be, because you should be fucking outraged. Um, Mm -hmm. So everyone's right to be plastering it everywhere and and speaking how hurt they are about what's happened because it's a shock to the system. And um, when Mm -hmm. I did look at the news, shootings affect me in a really weird way because my family lives in the States and Mm -hmm. shootings is a big problem. Um, So every time I hear of a shooting, my my blood runs cold and I find it really Mm -hmm. difficult no matter where it is um, in the country to like just comprehend how a human being can easily take lives like this Mm -hmm. so personally i i struggled to bring myself to read on about these women and i saw their names shortly after um should say their names again this is not me saying that we should all be quiet about it but i just started i i didn't expect myself to cry but i just Mm -hmm. started crying because as soon as you see a name you realize how many other lives are affected from this one mm-hmm. life now being gone mm-hmm. um and we're talking about women we're talking about asian women and the thing is that you know the, it's cliche it's, it's someone's mom someone's sister um yeah and you just have to remember all the other lives that are touched by this sorry it's going out of hand because <laughs> I, it's just making me spiral into thinking about it. Um, and mm-hmm. I think this is the first time I've like spoken out loud to mm. people ab- about it, but it's about it. I'm still really just processing. And how do you feel? Just sorry, I just want to sidestep. How do you feel about posts that say, like, if you're silent about it, if you're you shouldn't be silent about it? But I struggle with that mm-hmm. because. It makes me guilty, but at the same time, I'm adamant that I need to first and foremost protect my own well-being. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, I see it and it makes me feel really anxious because I know I'm not I'm not like some of my other friends who are talking about it every day and posting something about it ev- like literally every day. But for me, I kind of when I read that and saw that on the news I was the same as you having to take a step back because it has been affecting me a lot recently and like I need time to to be in a okay emotional like headspace Mm. to be able to really read this information um but I do I do really believe that we have to speak about it but I also think it's important to respect everyone's time that not everyone can can kind of 
approach it with such uh vigor mm. um in comparison to other people so yeah but i mean like kind of moving on from that but i i didn't i did a bit of research in terms of stats in terms of asian hate crimes that's been happening in the past year um and i think this is a statistic from the u.s so nearly 3,800 hate crimes were reported between March 19 last year and February 28 this year. And in my head, I would have assumed that probably most would happen to men. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, women were targeted, uh, I think it was like making up 68% of the reports, whilst men only made up 29% of the reports. And I don't know why in my head I thought men would have been attacked more. I think in my head, I like, like I think, surely people wouldn't attack women because there's that still tradition like you wouldn't hit a girl you know that kind of thing um, oh there's some scum so out I there gem yeah <laughs> i was so surprised of this statistic because it's a that's a big difference 68 percent and 29 percent um yeah and it's huge it's of, hard to comprehend those kind of numbers yeah and i think again it kind of it roots down to the fact perhaps that with that stereotype of an asian woman being quiet and meek and like submissive i guess these racists think that they they can attack these people without having any sort of effect on them Mm. we talk about sex earlier on this episode and i think it's a big part um of this issue of like hate crimes towards asian women because when we talk about the idea of fetish fetishization we don't talk about it in terms of of like having sex to connect with someone having sex to Mm -hmm. like enjoy having sex as pleasure it's it's sex viewed in terms of power um it's Mm -hmm. not about sex it's not about like guys being horny it's about guys it's the power imbalance scummy guys that feel powerless that want to get that thrill of power. And so they're looking for it and they're finding it in Asian women who have been built up as meek, mild creatures that you can overpower. And so these like pieces of shit guys are seeing it as an opportunity to like get a power thrill. And that's, it makes me so angry when police or media frame women's sexuality as the focus as as the reason why this has happened and it's it's what we talk about when we talk about victim blaming right mm-hmm. we talk about asian women as if they have this inherent sexuality that needs to like it that men need to like tame or men need to mm-hmm. like tap into or it's their it's their white it's man's burden to take to yeah. like have sex with these women who need to be (laughs) sorry i'm getting very angry because Mm. yeah you want to link these hate crimes to the idea of what we believe is asian femininity and what we think of asian women and the 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 word that links all of it is power and that's it all hate crimes are come down to power dynamics um Mm -hmm. and it's very sad and there's and I always say this, I can rant about it, but I never know what a solution is. I try often to come mm-hmm. to a solution and come to a suggestion so it's not just ranting. But I don't know. What do you, what, what do you, I mean, what do you guys think? Um, how can we, 
I have this such air of hopelessness because how can we even begin to tackle this huge thing that you've prefaced is like embedded deep into our history? I think I think one of the things first that we really need to make clear to people that I'm surprised people don't get yet is that there is a difference between fetishization and preference because I feel like a lot of people think that like whenever you say oh that they, you know you're you're fetishizing Asian women they're like no 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 it's just my preference and it's like mm, there is a difference between the two of them um, and I think people need to be aware of that so they can stop with that yeah. bullshit um, and so I think we should just explain it here for for those who are listening so when you are saying that you prefer and I say that with quote marks to date women of a of a certain like ethnic background um and it not being based on their personality and it's l- completely based on the stereotypes you've heard about that culture then that is fetishization because you're attaching attraction to their race rather than them as a person yeah. and I, I think it it just ends up making that woman seem like an object that is the same with every asian woman out there or the same with every black woman out there like th- those kind of stereotypes yeah have i explained that yeah i think right? so like this idea in a, of in a concise way absolutely i think it's this idea of like commodifying human beings into yeah like like buying a piece of meat or something and yeah you're saying like oh you just prefer it like that and it's that's not how humans work <laughs> yeah it's just you completely dehumanize this woman yeah. and as a result as well end up marginalizing them in society so that my friends is fetishization um you can't like it's i often hear people say things like oh it's the same as like preferring to date blondes and preferring to date brunettes and it's like no it's completely different it's more complex because again it like having like blonde hair isn't attached to a specific culture yeah um but the the issue when people say this this kind of stuff is they they kind of decontextualize it and they don't think about everything you just said holistically and and um think about how like asian women have been portrayed and now now try to say this thing again oh i just prefer asian women think about why Mm -hmm you know and i guess just question where that comes from where that's rooted from yeah like do the work you know to try to understand because your your thoughts are not in its own vacuum we pick things up from from media and from being with other people and so it's impossible for you to just have had this thought organically you you got to know that it's come from somewhere there's um a lot of history in when Asians were first coming to Britain and the US and all these other white countries mm. about how um, there was a lot of restrictions on what they could do, you know, and a lot of a lot of the Asian men who brought over their fa- who came first um, and after they brought over their families, they could only do really menial jobs. They couldn't really earn that much of a living, you know, they could barely earn stuff. So then a lot of people... I guess Asian women who try to come over to get a good life, they would be like, "Oh, here's easy work that you could do." Because back in like back in the day, brothels were like kind of just a normal thing. You know, it was not like it was a mainstream mm-hmm. thing, but it's like a I don't know a seedy pub or something. It's it's 
it's it was legal. So I think they're like hundred year old stereotypes that just because like specific groups of women coming over had to do those jobs for a bit and it's kind of stuck on because in the time of very anti Chinese immigration all over the world, how they were like going over the country and stealing people's jobs and stuff, it was an easy target back because high society never likes sex work and they never respect that type any type mm. of earnings from anyone and with the Asian man they already said like they're deviant and will steal your women and take your jobs and for the Asian woman it's easy they just use sex to demonize them and turn them into like oriental devils or they would say you know they're dirty so if you go to this brothel you get infected and then your whole community will be infected and whatever and um yeah, it's just a lot of political weaponization. Weaponization is an interesting word, and again, going back to this idea of like sex being related to all of the, um, these attacks, I really hate the fact that sex is weaponized against women, and, and especially yeah. in this case, Asian women, quite fiercely. Um, yeah, it's always made to be something that we're somehow at fault of but also people want us to engage in sex but not in the way that like we're enjoying it in the way that we're just yeah that what well, they look at you receiving as, it yeah they look at asian women as just you know the same as as like a serviceable object or serviceable commodity i don't know it's i i find it just like upsetting to see um and i also feel a lot of guilt that i never really realized that fetishization was a, was a thing like at uni i got called exotic all the time and i thought it was a compliment so it's the fact that it's we're not taught about it enough um that that which allows this this to continue going and i don't know it's it, you know the fact that this has such like a, a violent and dark history and that it continues to play on is just i keep using the word troubling but i can't think of any other word but like it's it, yeah well, um, Asian women are like the top, the most popular people on dating sites, aren't they? Yeah. Are they? Yeah, that's a statistic. Society. Yeah, we talk about fetishes and we kind of make jokes about like, I mean, we were guilty of it um, with your with your last boyfriend, Jem, who was a white guy. Um, and we were mm. all making jokes about like how yeah, he has an Asian uh, fetish or yellow fever mm. or whatever. And we, po- we poke fun at of it but now with this recent shooting everyone's coming face to face with the fact that this is insidious and it's mm. like it seeps out in clues when connor talks about stuff like you know asian women are the top most liked on, da- on dating apps and we gotta be mm-hmm. like okay let's think about why that is you know um and mm-hmm. so People must have done the work before us, but I think now in the mainstream, we're only just starting to think about like, okay, this is more than just a joke. This is serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it sucks that something so violent um, and devastating for multiple yeah. families and, and the community, like a diasporic global community like it takes something like that to start thinking about how we view asian femininity and, and how we view fetishization of of our women it must be um yeah 
quite damaging for Asian women growing up in like Western countries in specifically because at home you're kind of the whole family values of being a being a daughter is um to be just like very obedient and to be very quiet and not to cause fuss and, you know not to be like a rebellious loud type person yeah that's the Asian femininity at home when we go outside into the world you have all these criticization and objectification stereotypes kind of like blasting you in the face all the time and there's like two very opposite sides of spectrum in terms of how women are supposed to be portrayed and then you're just kind of stuck in between and feeling you know kind of lost i guess what it means to be asian and a woman that's kind of crazy because it kind of works in layers and i kind of added it to what jem just said um jem you said that like you in uni you just took the compliment and i think you should like don't I wouldn't feel guilty for that at all because I absolutely would take that compliment. And I think as, like, if we set aside um, being Asian, although it it comes as a package of our intersectional identity, but just on the female side of things, we're taught as women that we need to take any and all compliments. Um, That, like, that should be, like, what we're looking for, like, compliments from the opposite sex so that paired with what connor just said of like our parents raising us to be like obedient daughters puts us Mm -hmm. in a place um that makes it very difficult to fight or recognize fetishization in the in the first place and then countering it yeah person on a personal level yeah often you're kind of just seeking for approval um Mm. As a woman, like you're seeking approval from a man, but then added on to that, I don't know if it's the same with you, Kina, but I think I've mentioned this before that I, often when I was younger, I felt like seeking the approval of a white man specifically. That I thought if a white man thought I was attractive, then I must be. For sure. Uh, and it's. Yeah, definitely. It's I'm a the same. Very toxic mindset to have. I think we're both in those phases in our life now where we're just starting to learn how to pick apart um, these things that was ingrained in us. And just mm-hmm. learning to analyze why unlearning. we feel this way and unlearning it. It's a, it's, it's a whole process of unlearning. And I think mm-hmm. on a personal level, this is this is something that we as, as Asian women have to do for ourselves, unfortunately. Um, and on, on an outside level, um, we did touch upon it. We, we provide, I guess, a suggestion for people who feel that way like they prefer Asian women to just look at that deeply and dissect mm-hmm. that in their minds and be like let's ask ourselves why um, so that kind of Akina's last point of, of getting these white men to question why it is that they they prefer Asian women um, I think that was a really good point to end on and I kind of wanted to we, we want to pose this question to you, all the Asian women who are listening to this and if you'd be willing to um, we'd love to hear about your experiences and have that conversation with you guys because I reckon we all have very very similar experiences um, and like for me it's always helped to unpack that mm. with a friend um, so yeah we invite you guys if you're comfortable with it to just like message us um, and and let's let's talk about it and see see what we can do as well to like keep this conversation going and and to stop further fetishization and and to help educate people that we know who might not be so aware of it either definitely um and i i also wanted to add to what you're saying something we did already touch upon if you're not ready to acknowledge this part of yourself 
no one should make you feel like there's a time crunch for it. Everyone processes mm-hmm. things at their own time and it's a difficult thing to process. So if you're struggling with the recent news, I feel like we're all like microdosing trauma at the moment. There's mm-hmm. it's just one after the other. And so take your time. Definitely. And I wanna do a personal call out to Asian men. Um and just like sort your shit out. Stop shaming asian women if they don't show whatever like old world values that you have that women should be you're not helping i feel like a lot of asian men are still quite conservative with their views it's not as a lot of people of color are generally more liberal in terms of politics but i think asian guys especially yeah like yappy type guys are more like no, Asian women should be like this. I'm like, no. Nah. And yeah, so that that is the episode um, for the day, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, and yeah, feel free to message us uh, if you want to have a conversation about this. Um, Akina, would you like to let everyone know about our socials? Absolutely. Um, wait, you said socials, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I realized I was like half listening. Um yes, if you do want to send us a message, you can slide into our DMs. We're most active on Instagram, so you can follow us at us there on at Rice's Rice Pod. Um if you prefer Twitter, although we're not as active there, we will definitely see your message. Um you can tweet <laughs> us at Rice's Rice underscore pod and soon one day we'll have a a, a whole Library. plethora no, that's the wrong word library of videos on our <laughs> youtube and you can follow that um preemptively on rice is rice well if you want to listen to more of us you can catch us every wednesday on all your good uh podcasting platforms we have you know backtrack of a whole a whole buttload of content for you guys to listen and download to we have a website as well com, where you can Get all of our goodness downloaded straight hard copy onto your hard drive and uh, i think you know as always guys don't forget to get the right in your life bye see you next week bye, bye.